You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Good afternoon, Acadiana. Welcome into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Speaking of St. Patrick's Day, right off the top, go answer our poll question on the Twitter page. Are you wearing greens on this St. Patrick's Day? Are you somebody that just doesn't get it and doesn't quite care? Like myself? If you're on the simulcast, LUS Fiber Channel 133 or Stadium 32.3, you can see that I'm wearing bright Cajuns red out here at La Triomphe. Because again, like I said, I'm just... I, I don't get the whole wearing green on St. Patrick's Day and pinching people if you don't. Which doesn't make sense to me. Never has. I don't know. In any event, we got plenty to talk about tonight. Cajuns get a big win over McNeese, 10-8. Louisiana softball didn't fare nearly as well, falling 10-2 and then 3-2, respectively, to the Texas Longhorns. We have an LSU ba- basketball preview of their first-round NCAA tournament game tomorrow in Milwaukee. We'll give you some updates on the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open out here at La Triomphe. And, of course, the, the news that we've all been talking about for the last you know week, it seems. What the hell's going on with Deshaun Watson? Is he coming to the Saints? Is he going to Atlanta? Are we going to have to play him twice a year? You know, what? what's the deal? So we'll get into all that. i got Ken Trahan coming on in the 5.30 hour to break that down. Jared Stansbury of Cyclone Fanatic in Ames is going to come on. He's live in Milwaukee uh, to preview Iowa State, give you guys some, some background info on Iowa State. But first, again, you know, we'll start with the Cajuns going down to Lake Charles and taking care of the McNeese Cowboys 10-8. to the game started off with an absolute bang. In the first inning, you had the Cajuns. You had runners on second and third with only one out. Carson Rockefort flies out to center field. Will Vaughn comes home to score the first run. Next batter, Heath Hood, singles to the pitcher on a bunt. Kyle DeBar scores. And then Connor Kemple, who has, has kind of been Mr. Reliable for you all season, hits an inside the parker. Goes all the way around the bases, scores two, and just like that, it's 4 nothing, Louisiana in the third. Cade Morris, who's been Mr. Reliable for the Cowboys, hits a single up the middle to score a run. In the fifth, McNeese opens the doors a little bit. Three runs scored in the fifth to tie it. Connor Kimple again getting an RBI in the sixth to score Heath Hood to put the Cajuns back up by one. But then here comes McNeese again. Scoring three in the sixth to give themselves a 7-5 to five lead. But the Cajuns wouldn't go away quietly in the eighth. Three. Four runs 
excuse me, including one of the wildest plays that I have ever seen. Kyle DeBarge hits a hits a grounder down the first base line, and the pitcher just whiffs on the ball. The ball runs into the outfield. Next thing you know, Kyle DeBarge gets, they ruled it an infield triple, and he brought home two runs to make it 9-7. to seven. And then they would tack on another one at the top of the ninth to make it 10-7. McNeese, Peyton Johnson would hit a home run in the bottom half of the ninth, but that would be all she wrote for the Cajuns and the Cowboys. Again, you know, key contributors for the game, Will Vaughn, Heath Hood, and Julian Brock, each coming in with three hits. Connor Kemple only getting two hits in his five plate appearances, but three RBIs for the Cajuns. Kyle DeBarge and Heath Hood each with two RBIs as well. Pitching for the Cajuns it was kind of a bullpen night. Peyton Havard getting the start, only going three complete. Three hits, giving up one run and only striking out one batter. And then from there, it was Brandon Talley getting an inning, Bo Bonds getting an inning, Chipper Menard getting one and two-thirds innings, Jacob Schultz closing the door with one inning, and then Hayden Dirk and Dylan Thoit each only getting through two-thirds of an inning. This was a game... There was a good confidence booster. It continued that confidence after taking two out of three over Houston because now you're going to get into conference play and this is where you need to string together timely hits. You need to get your pitching rotation down and you need to really start stringing runs together to get those quality wins to build your RPI because... You know, you got some midweek games with with in-state opponents. You know, UNO, you're going to play Tech twice because it got rained out. You still got that April matchup with LSU. So there's there's a lot to to be excited about right now. If you're a Cajuns fan, uh, I know I am. I know I'm very excited. So, again, they beat McNeese 10-8 to last night. We'll travel to Troy, Alabama this weekend to play three against Troy at 6-3-1 and one respectively. And then they'll go to Thibodeau next Tuesday to play Nichols. While we're out here at the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, I would like to take the opportunity to thank our sponsors, Tibbs Trailers. If you're thinking trailers, think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed, flatbeds, or hydraulic trailers, and you won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers. They're located between Scott and Dusan. Rope, Soap, and Dope, KDM's workplace authority for over 20 years, offers supplies for all your industrial, safety, and janitorial needs. They're online at ropesopeanddope.com, or you can visit their showroom on Highway 90 in Broussard to find out how they can help your business. The Cigar Merchant in the Oil Center. You're always welcome to light up at The Cigar Merchant. They are Acadiana's premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop. And last but not least, Golf Connection USA. GolfConnectionLouisiana.com. The tailor-made stealth driver is here. Saw a couple guys swinging it out on, on the course today. A large variety of golf bags and shoes as well. And they are located at 2009 West Pinhook Road here in Lafayette. Real quickly, I'll give you, I'll give you some statistics 
on the McNeese State Cowboys. Pitching for the Cowboys last night was, again, a bullpen game. Seven pitchers took the mound for the Cowboys. Cade Morris going one for five, striking out three times. Definitely not the performance that Justin Hill and his squad were looking for out of their third baseman. But Shyler Thibodeau had a good night, two hits, two RBIs. Brad Burkle as well, three hits, scoring two runs, two stolen bases as well for Burkle. So on the season, you know, I was talking about Caden Moores being Mr. Reliable. 13 for 58, batting average of 224 on the year, 10 RBIs, three doubles, one triple, two homers. McNeese is a team they're struggling a little bit. Uh, you know, we'll be I'll be quite frank about it. But they are they are a talented group who is just kind of struggling to put it all together. Um and, and that's and that's the that's the rough thing about baseball is sometimes you're gonna struggle to put it all together. And in the Southland Conference, you know, you got a good Nichols Club. You've got a, a, a great club in southeastern Louisiana who just took down the number one team in the country in Ole Miss. You, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to figure out the issues that you're having, especially if you're Justin Hill, because they open their opening conference with a bang. They're hosting Houston Baptist at Joe Miller Ballpark, Lance Berkman's club, off to a great start this season. Then they go to Thibodeau and have a three-game series with Nichols, UNO. They come back to Lafayette to play UL. And then you have a series with Incarnate Word and Southeastern. So from now until you know a little bit after Easter, their schedule is not easy. And if they're going to struggle to get hits out of their key contributors, it's not going to get any better for the Cowboys. Once again, Cajuns winning 10-8 to in Lake Charles last night. Cajuns getting 10 runs on 17 hits. They do commit three errors. McNeese, eight runs on 11 hits with no errors. Again, the four runs in the first. And then McNeese followed that up with six runs, three in each of the fifth and sixth innings. And then Louisiana closes the door with four in the eighth and one more in the ninth. We have a big show today. When we come back, we're going to take timeout number one. When we come back, we'll talk some Cajun softball and, and their struggles last night at Lamson Park. I'll give you an update here on the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open. And at 4.30, Jared Stansbury joins us to talk some Iowa State Cyclones. This is the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Start your bracket with a bang. Right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers $150 in an instant bonus guaranteed. That's right, you'll get $150 in bonus site credit, and all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more, and how your bet is completely 
up to you. You can choose between the money line, the totals, the prop bets, and so much more. For me, I believe Loyola Chicago is a good Cinderella team and they can make it pretty far in this tournament. Plus, with cash out, the ball is in your court. So you can close out on your bet at any point before the game ends. So join today on FanDuel with promo code KLWB. Then you can place your first $5 bet to score $150 in bonus side credit guaranteed. That's promo code KLWB on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue is knowledge drop site credit that expires in 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and would like some help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Thank you, James Mesh. Welcome back to Crudge Time. With me, guys, and Mesh here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Before we dive into Cajun's softball, I do want to remind everyone that our phone lines are open, uh, 706-0111, if you want to chime in on the conversations today. A quick update of the March Madness scores. Five seconds left in the ball game. Richmond has a two-point lead on Iowa, 65-63. to So a 12-5 potential upset here early on. And with one minute left in the first half, keep a close eye on this one. Georgia State is up a point on number one Gonzaga. James Mesh, how many brackets are going to be busted if that one happens? Well, I can already tell you that mine was busted because I had picked Boise State. And lo and behold, Memphis got the dub. So I'm already out three games in. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. What I, I would love to read the odds of a perfect bracket. Oh, it's got it's got to be like point zero 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 zero. It's got to be one. It's got to be like one in a million, right? Or so, one in like, like multiple millions. Because, I, I just how how do you foresee an up an upset of the caliber of a sixteen to one, which in the history of the NCAA tournament, which started in nineteen thirty nine, has only happened one time. And it was three years ago. So keep an eye on the on the Georgia State Gonzaga matchup. Three forty three left in the first half. North Carolina rolling over Marquette. They lead by twenty forty one to twenty one. Take a look at our poll question real quick. Are you wearing green this St. Patrick's Day? 38% of you say yes. 38% of you say no. And 24% of you agree with me and say who cares. Somebody chimed in, I am, but only because it was the shirt I grabbed in the dark. Well, you know, lucky guess, I guess. Once again, we are live at the Chittamacha Louisiana Open quick leaderboard update for you. You've got I don't know my hold on my brackets my leaderboard is is off it is updating okay we'll come back to that Louisiana softball 
little bit of a struggle for for the Cajuns last night at Lamson Park against number twenty five Texas. It was a close game early on. It was one one after the first inning in in, double, in game number one. Texas scores another one in the fourth, which the Cajuns quickly answer. So going into the sixth inning, it was 2-2. But then the Cajuns started the Cajuns started making some mistakes. Pitchers were hanging some pitches, and next thing you know, Texas erupts for seven runs. Now it's 9-2. And at that point, Kind of hard to come back with only six outs remaining for for your team. So Louisiana would go on to lose game one, 10-2. And Coach Glasgow was, was interviewed, you know, post-game, and he made a comment about how they need to get better, but he's proud that they're putting up a fight. At some point, they got to learn to fight, like seven innings of fight. It's all out fight. And I think the good thing, you're seeing some freshmen stepping up and making adjustments. I thought Kramer was really good, and I thought Matty Hayden's been outstanding all year and just keeps getting better. And I thought the, I thought the young kids made really good adjustments as the game went on to the rise ball, but we got to get better. We just we got to get better in every area. And, you know, the other the other key contributor to this game is the fact that Texas scored – eight runs in the final two innings. Coach Glasgow, again, you know, was asked what they need to do to not let their opponents get those timely runs. You know, you get momentum right there, and you make things look easy, and things go your way. And, you know, again, we, I don't know, we just, like, can't afford to get a double play right there for sure. And, you know, at a minimum, we should have been up 2-1, and then we only had one out. But, you know, we got to be smarter. And uh, I don't know. Going on to game two, Texas opens up early with a home run to left center to make it one nothing, and then in the third they score two more to make it three nothing, and then the Cajuns were able to tack on two in a seventh inning rally, but Texas was able to shut the door on them. A positive note for the Cajuns, though, they did out hit Texas in game number two, which is a plus. And secondly, Sam Landry, your fourth-ranked recruit in America last season, a year ago, finally got some game time after an injury she, su- she suffered a few weeks ago, which was important. Even in limited minutes, getting Sam Landry back in the game was a goal of Jerry Glasgow's. The PT had told us we could warm her up today, do a bullpen, and I decided just to do it between innings, between games, and I really didn't expect to have control, but I had some batters standing in it, and I thought, man, she's botting the ball really well. I said, you want, you want to go? They said maximum two innings. That's all they would let us go was two innings, and she wanted the ball. You see, that's what, that's what I love. Even in their youth and inexperience, you know, Jerry Glasgow has a group of girls that want the ball. They want the opportunity. And, you know, some fans are sitting there saying, you know, you got to be able to win the big game. And to an extent, you do. But at the same time, when you're playing as many freshmen 
as you are. I read, a, I read a statistic the other day that eight freshmen are playing key minutes for this softball team. That's a lot. That is a lot. So if you can get those younger players experience in these big moments now, you're setting yourself up for the next two to three seasons because they've been there before. They know how to handle it now. You know, that's a the the mental and psychological aspect, especially of college athletics, is you know, three fourths of the game. Talent's only twenty five percent. You know, you you hear the baseball quote from Yogi Bear all the time. Baseball's ninety percent half mental. I don't I don't get that quote. I've never understood it. But but I know that the point is that baseball's a mental game. And softball's the same way. It's a mental game. If you get down on yourself and you get out of confidence or you don't have the experience to handle the pressure of certain situations, you're going to struggle. And, and that's exactly what you're seeing out of out of Jerry Glasgow's program right now. And after the game last night, he gave an update on some of his younger players' performances. Young girls are fine. They're resilient. They're, you know, it's their first time through, and they're going to fight through. And, and Landry, of course, is chomping at the bit now. And, and you know, I don't want this in a paper, but Michael, now we're developing her to be our number one from here yeah. forward. I mean, every move we make now is going to be based on trying to get Sam Landry where she can be at the, the number one pitcher at the end of the year. 1037 Lafayette on 1041 Lake Charles. Louisiana with the two losses falls to 15 and 7 on the year. Texas improves to 18, 9, and 1. The Cajuns will go on the road this weekend to Statesboro, Georgia to play the Georgia Southern Eagles. First pitch Friday is at 5 p.m. First pitch Saturday is at 1. And first pitch Sunday is at noon. We're going to take a timeout right here on Crunch Time. And when we return, Jared Stansbury of Cyclone Fanatic will join me to give you a preview of the Cyclones before they take on LSU and Milwaukee. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish bowl. Brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot and a burner, an ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and, that's right, I'm just going to keep going, tickets to an Astros game. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. I swear, every time I hear that commercial or see a post about it on Twitter, I get a little more jealous that I can't win it. 
I mean, you could stop at the crawfish boil supplies and the $500 gift card, but then you throw in Astros tickets. Like, give me a break. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Let's talk some LSU basketball. Big game tomorrow as the sixth seed. They'll take on Iowa State, the 11 seed in Milwaukee. To talk about that 11 seed, give you the, the inside scoop on the Cyclones, is the managing editor of Cyclone Fanatic, Mr. Jared Stansbury. Jared, good afternoon, man. How's Milwaukee? Oh, man, it's just fantastic. I'm, you know, I just love the NCAA tournament, man. I, I feel especially great. I think half the people back in the state of Iowa feel, feel especially great about the NCAA tournament right now after how some of the things have gone this afternoon. I'm ready to get to tomorrow and watch some more basketball. Yeah, you know, just, just the environment as a whole uh, with that kind of atmosphere is, is, something to, uh, is something to behold. But, you know, let, let's talk about these Cyclones. Scoring 66.5 points per game, shooting 43 44% as a team, 32% from the three-point line. You are committing 14 turnovers a game, though. What can Tiger fans I- expect out of this team tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I think the first big thing is, you know, if points is what you're banking on, this probably isn't the game for you, you know. And then it just is Iowa State to say that they've been limited offensively at times this season would probably be an understatement. Obviously, you know, scored 36 in a game against Oklahoma State, had a couple of games where they scored in the low 40s. Uh, so they've not been a team that can really put the ball in the basket at a high rate. But, man, they're really going to get after you defensively. And that's where, you know, I think you look at the numbers between these two teams and LSU's metrics are – is slightly better than Iowa State's, but they're just they're very similar in, in what they're good at and what they're not very good at. And um, you know, I think this is going to be a a knockdown, dragout fight, man. Just like what a lot of Iowa State's games in the Big Twelve were this season. And um, you know, I think that that's at least what that's what they're hoping that it will turn into uh, in the best case scenario for the Cyclones. Let's talk about Isaiah Brockington kind of been the leader for the, for the Cyclones this season. Seventeen point two points per game, seven boards shooting at about 46%, 37% from the three-point line. You know, what what has he provided to to this offense? A, a low-scoring one at that, but 17 points a game is pretty impressive. What has he been able to uh, to provide? Yeah, I mean, he's been everything for for this team. They wouldn't even be in the tournament if it was not for for that kid coming, uh, coming to Iowa State. Obviously transferred in from Penn State, had been at St. Bonaventure uh, as a freshman and then spent two years at playing for the Nittany Lions. But, um, you know, his leadership, being a, a veteran who's played a ton of college basketball at the Power 5 level, I think has been really important for them. Um, and then his scoring, you know, he's, he's elite with the mid-range game, is really able to create his own shot and, uh, and get those mid-range jumpers off, has been improving as a three-point shooter as well. Um, but, I mean, you know, there was a reason that he was first-team All-Big 12 as the newcomer of the league in the Big 12. Uh, it he was one of the best players in the conference. I think if Iowa State won a few more games, you put him in the category of guys who could win the you know the league's player of the year just for how important he is to this team. And you know, as he goes, you know, this Iowa State team kind of goes. So uh, it's just all about being able to get him loose and uh, and get him to the spots where he really likes to shoot. And if he can get there and he can get a, a clean look off, then he's he's as dangerous I think as anybody you're going to find in this tournament. Let's talk about T.J. Otzelberger. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's his first year as head coach, correct? Yeah, this is his first year as a head coach. Uh, took over last year after Steve Prom um, 
went two and twenty-two. But uh, you know, TJ has been around Iowa State for a long time. Was an assistant under Greg McDermott uh, in the late two thousands, and then was stayed on with Fred Hoiberg for a couple years during Fred's stint as the coach, and then actually was came back and was assistant for Steve for one year uh, before getting the job as the head coach at South Dakota State, and then going from there to UNLV, now back to Iowa State. So uh, he's an Iowa State lifer, you know, a guy that his wife played basketball at Iowa State. Uh, they call Ames home, and, you know, I, I know he takes a lot of pride in being able to do this for Iowa State. And, uh, you know, obviously it, it means a little bit extra just because of the fact that he got his start as a college coach in Ames and, you know, has worked his way all the way up after a, a, long, journey, a long journey to this point. Chat with Jared Stansbury from Cyclone Fanatic. Yeah, looking at Otzelberger's biography, you know, it seems that he had some success at UNLV over the last couple of years. And, you know, one thing that I'm looking at that I find interesting is that he is a native of Milwaukee. What, what, do, you, what yeah. do you think it means What do you think it means to him to, to be coaching in an NCAA tournament game in his hometown? Yeah, I mean, I know it means a lot. And I know he's, you know, he said that he's going to have a lot of friends and family that are, are trying to come to the game. But I think you know, at the same time, then Iowa State has an assistant who's from Milwaukee. Their starting point guard, freshman Tyree Hunter, he's from the uh, from the Milwaukee area as well. So this is a you know a homecoming for a bunch of guys and uh, you know associated with this Iowa State program. But you know, as excited as they are to be home, I don't think that they're you know really reflecting on it too much. They're focused on this game tomorrow night and, um, and preparing for that one. And uh, you know, this is a, a group that they don't really dwell on you know all the other stuff that. They were picked last in the Big 12. Uh, they were never counted out or counted as a team that would be in the conversation to play in the NCAA tournament before the season. So they've gotten pretty good at blocking those things out and just coming out to coming out to play the games. And um, you know, I know that's what they've been trying to do here with this situation as well. You got a big win early on in the, in the season against Memphis in the NIT season tip-off. You battled with Baylor. You got a win over Texas Tech. You kept it very close, only losing by one to to Kansas in Lawrence. You know, being in games like that, you know those those close games where you have to claw it out till the end. How do you think that prepared this senior laden group for the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it certainly has. I mean, I think that the rigor of playing in the Big Twelve, where you you know you got to play every team twice uh, through and. You know, there is no easy game, and it, it became a cliche when you watch a Big 12 game that somebody's going to say, you know, nothing is surprising in this league because anybody can beat anybody on any given night. But look up and down the standings. You know, there's, there, there were, there's six teams in the Big 12 in this, in this league or in this tournament. Probably could have been seven if Oklahoma had, uh, or if Richmond had not stolen Oklahoma's bid, I guess. And, uh, you know, so it's, a, it's as tough as you're going to find. And I think that's what is going to prepare them as much as anything is just nothing that they see will be something that they didn't see in the Big 12. And uh, obviously the physicality of the Big 12 is as physical or more physical than any league in the country. Uh, you know, that's not going to be a concern for anything. You're not going to come out and bully any of these Big 12 teams. And, uh, you know, I think that that's, that's probably what it's prepared them for as much as anything. Just they're not going to be surprised by anything they see in this tournament. Talk to me about a player that, that hasn't had, I don't want to say not great of a season, but who are some names that LSU fans should maybe look out for tomorrow to uh, to truly impact this game? Yeah, I mean, I think the first two that are going to be the biggest impact, you know, the impact guys are, are Brockington and then Tyrus Hunter, like I mentioned. And Hunter's, a, you know, he's a little bit on the shorter side, more probably about, you know, 5'11", 6'0", is a point guard. But, man, he's really explosive. He's quick with the ball. 
and he's a nice passer, so he's another one to keep an eye on. But then the three that I'd say, you know, I'd point out and say if these three guys come out and play well, then Iowa State's going to give themselves a really good chance. Is Aljaz Kuntz, who's a, uh, is their foreman, starting foreman. Uh, Gabe Kauscher is their starting, one of their starting guards. And then Caleb Grill comes off the bench, is more of a shooting specialist. When those guys are able to shoot the ball, Iowa State's team is at a completely different level offensively where they're not struggling to get, to get buckets. They're not struggling to score points, but they're continuing to defend at a high rate on the other end. So um, I think it's a driver's stage. It's going to be about what do you get from those three guys. If you can get some good contributions, you can get them to knock down some shots early, get them a little bit of confidence, then you know, you're going to give yourself a good chance to, to be able to get a win. So uh, those three guys aren't the ones that are going to come up first on this scouting report, but they're three guys that I think are very important to Iowa State winning the game just because you got to get them to knock down some shots to take pressure off the other two. One last question for you, Jared. You know, LSU obviously having to part ways with Will Wade, that's kind of been a big talk of college basketball in general. If they are able, if Iowa State is able to quote unquote upset LSU tomorrow night in Milwaukee, where, where do you see where do you see this team going? How how more, how far of a run can they make? Yeah, I mean, I think they can go as far as as Isaiah Rockington can carry him. You know, and I, I think. You know, Wisconsin would obviously be a tough matchup with what John Davis and those guys present, and they, you know, won the Big Ten this year. So, uh, always going to be a difficult game. But uh, you know, if, if that's who they would play, if Wisconsin, I mean, Wisconsin gets past Colgate, you know, so uh, I think it, if everything went right, you know, could obviously go to the Sweet Sixteen. You know, absolutely anything can happen in this tournament. But uh, you just got to start with that one tomorrow night, and you know, see what what kind of momentum you can get out of it. But at the end of the day, you know, guards are what are going to win for you in the NCAA tournament. Iowa State's got two pretty dang good ones, and they've got one of those guys who can really put him on his back and uh, and carry him through when, when things get tough in, in Isaiah Brockington. So it should be exciting. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm excited for this game tomorrow night. Jared Stansbury of Cyclone Fanatic has been our guest. Jared, my man, we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, enjoy the atmosphere in Milwaukee tomorrow night. And uh, – who knows, maybe maybe the Cajuns or the Tigers will match up with Iowa State in a sport again, and we can talk to you again down the line. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, I, hope to, I hope to have it. We'll talk to you soon. And there he goes, Jared Stansbury, managing editor of the CycloneFanatic.com. We're going to take one more timeout in the 4 o'clock hour, and when we come back, we will talk some Chittimacha Louisiana Open. Been an interesting day so far here at, out at La Triomphe. Three players already tied for the lead. After day one, don't go anywhere. This is crunch time on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Great news, my sports loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match for sports talk love that is. Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles as your ticket to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of the Hangout Fest, featuring Post Malone, Halsey, and Megan Thee Stallion, just to name a few. That's the Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to 22nd in Gulf Shores. Win VIP passes from the game. 
Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We are broadcasting live from La Triomphe Golf and Country Club. Site of the Chittimacha Louisiana Open presented by Mistras. And again, like I mentioned before the break, by the way, before we before we dive into it, phone lines are open. 706-0111 if you want to chime into the show. And doesn't have to be a golf question. If you want to talk, you know, the Saints real quick. I know we got a guest coming on at 530, but if you got a comment or something that you want to bring up, feel free. Again, 706-0111. Like I mentioned, there is a three-way tie for first place so far on the day. Peter Uline, Shad Tootin, and Mark Hubbard are all at six under after day number one. And we were able to get quite a bit of audio from them as they were stepping off the 18th green. And, you know, we'll start with with Peter Uline. You know, Peter played in the Chittimacha Louisiana Open last year, and he had a great tournament. And he was in contention for – he was in – he had a share of the lead going into Sunday and played well on Sunday until the 17th hole – he bogeyed the 17th hole and, and and fell out of it. Um, so he's always played well at this course, and we asked him, you know, what makes him play so well in Louisiana. A good partner in Richie. Richie, we complement our game, each other's game very well. So um, yeah, I mean, I like it. I don't know. I like I like both courses, and uh, I feel like they both set up really well for me. The other thing that was interesting about this morning is they were supposed to start. Peter Uline included, were supposed to start at 7.20. Well, they didn't start until 8.30. There's, there was an hour delay, so they probably won't finish round one today. But the reason for the delay was the fog. If you if you saw the fog, we were under a dense fog advisory this morning. They asked Uline again, how was the fog this morning, yeah, and I mean, how did it affect the game? Yeah, I mean... It's fine. It is what it is. It happens. Um, you just kind of stood. You just kind of stand around, hit a couple extra balls. Um, I mean, you don't really couldn't really see anything warming up anyway. So um, it was nice to be a little bit of a delay just to start seeing the ball again and seeing seeing the green and seeing how it rolls. So it was it was fine though. Another guy tied for the lead, Chad Tootin. He again six under another another great day for a American golfer. The top three golfers are all of American nationality. On the front nine, Tootin was able to birdie three holes, only one bogey, and then he birdies four on the back nine to put himself in contention for the lead. And he was asked about his good start. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It's always fun to get started with uh, that kind of stretch, and I made a made a good one on 11, um, and it really kind of got me settled in and made me feel pretty good this morning. Birdie in three straight holes is always something that that you want, especially on a golf course of of this difficulty. And uh, they they asked Shad what what was working for. 
I didn't really do anything bad. Um, I, I kind of kept the ball in play. There's not really much rough, so you can kind of be aggressive in spots that you wouldn't normally have to, um, especially with the rough. So, um, you know, I, I've been putting it great at home, and it just hadn't shown, hasn't shown out here, but today it did. Mark Hubbard is the last golfer currently tied for the lead. Mark Hubbard is a golfer from California who spends a lot of his time on the PGA Tour. Uh, but he just missed out on the Valspar Championship this weekend. And so he's using the Corn Ferry Tour as an opportunity to keep his game in shape and supplement his rounds. Um, but he felt like a couple of times today he underperformed on a couple of holes. Kind of came up short on, on five, I think it was, and didn't hit a very good pitch shot. And then I uh, got a little bit unlucky on seven. I hit a pretty good drive, and it ended up too far. So I kind of had to hook it around this tree and was just kind of playing it safe so I didn't go through into the water. Um, but, I mean, I made, made do on the other couple. So. And then talking with Mark Hubbard, you know, golf is a game of momentum and a game of, you know, confidence. A good round, you keep building on it, building on it, building on it. And so I actually got to ask him, how does sharing the lead after day one, you know, affect your mindset going into the weekend? It doesn't at all. I mean, really, any tournament and sharing the lead on after Thursday doesn't really mean much. But especially out on this tour, everyone's so good and takes it so deep that you just got to try and make as many birdies as you can for all 72 holes. Hour one here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh slowly coming to a close. Once again, thank you to our sponsors, Tibbs Trailers. If you're thinking trailers, think Tibbs Trailers, Rope, Soap, and Dope, Katie Workplace Authority for over 20 years, The Cigar Merchant, where you're always welcome to light up at The Cigar Merchant, and Golf Connection USA, with a large variety of golf bags and shoes. Taking a look at the poll question, are you wearing green on St. Patrick's Day? 36% of you say yes, 43% of you say no, and 21% say no. Who cares? James, are you a little upset that we haven't gotten Deshaun Watson news yet? Eh, kind of, but I'm not surprised since, you know, this is going to be his future that you would supposedly think for the next 10 to 12 years. And I can understand you grew up your childhood in Atlanta. You were the ball boy for the Falcons. So I'm not surprised that it's kind of taken a while. What is annoying is whenever you get the quote, that a decision could happen imminently and then it's been about three, four hours and that imminently has not happened. Yeah, Chris Rose Gavlu is a guy from Boot Crew Media and Sports Illustrated that Jordy has on his show pretty often and he, he posted a tweet a little bit ago. He said, I've learned this week that not everyone has the same definition for the word imminent. Uh, which Which made me Made me chuckle a little bit. Quick little update on the NCAA tournament. 14 minutes left in the second half. Gonzaga 52, Georgia State 50. Definitely going to keep an eye on that. Could we see another 16-1 to upset? And not only that, a team that the Cajuns played in the, in the Sun Belt Conference Championship game. Also, North Carolina still rolling over Marquette 53 225, 
couple of good games tonight. Indiana, St. Mary's, UConn, New Mexico State. The tournament's getting underway. Best time of the year. Hour number one here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh coming to a close. When we come back, we'll talk some more Saints. We'll talk some more golf. And we'll take your phone calls here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time, our number two here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Matt Miguez here at La Triomphe. James Mesh in studio. James, I, I got to ask you, are, are you comfortable? By myself? Well, just comfortable in general. Eh, I mean, it'd be nice if it was a little cooler of a studio, but uh, I'm fine. I've been here since uh, 9.30 this morning. 9.30 this morning, jeez. Well, I'm sure that the studio is, is cooler than the, the 80 degrees out here at La Triomphe. Um, it, it is it is stuffy. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, I did, while the intro was playing, I did get a Twitter notification from one of my reliable sources saying Deshaun Watson is expected to be traded to the Falcons. Who is your reliable source? can't tell you that it's classified (laughs) because if it's that atl jake guy i don't believe him i don't know Uh, i'm just seeing it and they're usually right on these and they usually post before even Schefter or ian rapaport says anything so it's like well they're they've hit like 99 percent of the time maybe even 100 percent, and they do it before those reliable guys so i don't know yeah i'd I don't know. I I need somebody that that is not an Atlanta-based reporter to say it, but before before I believe it. Um. Now again, would it surprise me if he signs with Atlanta? Yes and no. Yes, because who who does Atlanta really have? Like if Deshaun if Deshaun Watson claims that he wants to win and wants to win sooner rather than later, is Atlanta really the place to do that? Because, you know, you look at their receiving core, Calvin Ridley suspended for the year. Russell Gage is gone. You've gotten rid of Julio Jones. And Hayden Hurst. They only have yeah. Kyle Pitts right now. And but they're trying to get Cordero Patterson, but it's like that shouldn't be enough to yeah, sway you, you. You have Kyle Pitts who woefully underperformed in his rookie season, and then on defense, you know you don't really have much of a pass rush. You have Grady Jarrett who's who's okay. Um, you don't have much of a linebacking core or let me a healthy linebacking core. Uh, your secondary is not that great, and the coaching staff as of right now is very suspect. I just feel like if Deshaun Watson's true motive 
is wanting to win, he's much better set up in New Orleans. Is that a is that a homer? You know, take from me, maybe, but still, I just looking at the rosters, looking at the situation, and also looking at the guys who are waiting on his decision to make their decisions. I think he's better set up in Atlanta. Let's head to the game hotline. Chris calls into the show. What's up, Chris? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I think a lot of people are are waiting for Deshaun Watson with his decision to be made. I think it's going to trickle down a lot of the quarterbacks. Let me ask you all this, man. Where do you all have, I'm going to throw out this name, Baker Mayfield, um, yeah. What is that? What is that name? What is that name envisioned? Does that name make you kind of throw up a little bit, or that may, or, or is that maybe something you think of, maybe a potential positive thing in New Orleans? Um, I'm gonna hang up and listen, and uh, y'all have a great day. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Thanks for the call. You know that that's an intriguing point. Baker Mayfield is a guy that has. In my opinion, at least, James, you might disagree with me. He's come a long way in his NFL career. And and not so much maybe from a performance standpoint. I feel like he's gained a lot of maturity in, in his NFL career so far. You could go back and forth on that, but I actually did talk about that with one of our guest hosts before, Madeline Adams, comparing Baker to Drew Brees because they're in similar size. Yep. Both from Texas. Neither of them were highly recruited. They were best. They were the best "quote unquote" quarterback in college at that time. The Browns were zero and sixteen. The Chargers were one and fifteen at that time. Both played with top five running backs. You would say Nick Chubb. You would say was a top five running back right now. Yep. The first year the team improved. The second year they regressed a little bit. Both of them. Drew kind of had an off year. You would say the third year. They became more of a game manager in a run-heavy offense, and then year four, they tore Labram in their shoulder. Wow. Okay. Like it's it's yeah, it's scary, scary similar how the careers of both Baker and Drew Brees right. have gone so far, and notice how in that free agency they just tossed away Drew. Because he was damaged goods, but with Baker, he was still under contract, and Baker's the one asking to leave. It's it's flip flop, but for the most part, it's kind of the same situation you look at. So I am intrigued, even though the popular opinion people don't like it because they just see his stats on the field are on the they just see their the final stats and like it was not good. You could say that and. With Odell, he didn't work out. But sometimes things just don't work out and you just kind of have a rapport with somebody else. And it's not necessarily mad where you could just plug and play somebody. And it's like, oh, well, you could just throw it to him every time. It's definitely a timing thing. And should they have figured it out? Probably since they did have a good while with each other. I don't know what happened behind the scenes that it just didn't transpire and it didn't work out. But sometimes you just have to look at it and be like, well, it just didn't work out. And maybe, and it often happens with other players, not just quarterbacks, but at other positions. Sometimes you just need a change of scenery. Sometimes you just need to go to a different place 
And that's where you really find your true potential because sometimes getting drafted by one team, it's not the place that you need to be. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I'm a firm believer in, you know, some guys just need a change of scenery. And and maybe maybe that's Baker's scenario. Maybe he just needs to get out of Cleveland and, and find an offense that he fits in a little bit better with. But going back to the Deshaun Watson news, I'm seeing a tweet here on Twitter from Jeff Asher. He said, you know, he might turn out to be right, but you can't. He said, but believe the scoop from somebody called can't guard Jake at your own peril. Yeah, that's actually where the reliable source that I have had gotten their source from a can't guard Jake. Yeah, can't guard Jake. Can't guard Jake posted, Deshaun Watson is expected to waive his no-trade clause and join the Atlanta Falcons per source. The trade should be announced within the next few hours. <laughs> and he's basing this off a text that, that says, Deshaun's, Deshaun's coming, coming home. home. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, I mean, that's a fair assumption, um, but I don't know who texted this. And, and, and also, coming home could mean a multitude of things. Because doesn't Deshaun Watson live in Atlanta in the offseason? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe, I, maybe I, don't, I don't know Deshaun's lifestyle. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm looking into question. it. Maybe I'm looking into it a little too hard. Other news in the NFL. Eli Apple will return to Cincinnati on a one-year, $4 million deal. Do you think they overpaid? I mean, usually you pay corners around that much. So they did play him in a lot of coverages. So getting him on a one-year, $4 million deal, that's not bad. It's a, it's a bargain price. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that he's, you know, obviously the, the Saints fan base isn't a, isn't a huge fan of him because of, of the tweets that he posted a couple months ago. But he's not a, a great corner, in, in my opinion. Um, another tweet from Aaron Wilson. He's a guy that I've, I've trusted throughout this scenario. Deshaun Watson has not made a decision and is still weighing his options. This is a major decision for him for, on which team to waive his no-trade clause for, according to multiple league sources. Falcons and Saints are the leaders for the three-time Pro Bowl quarterback. NCAA tournament updates. Gonzaga's extended their lead a little bit. 9-17 left in the second half. They are up 8 on the Panthers, 66-58. And North Carolina busting some brackets. I know they busted they busted James's bracket. They're up 74-45 to with a little less than 12 minutes remaining in the game. James... How how confident were you in your bracket going into the tournament? Not very, uh, considering I didn't know much about either of these, any of these teams really. But a lot of times it was kind of like, well, I kind of more know about, kind of know more about this team, or I've seen these teams play in my lifetime more than others. And like I said, with the Boise State pick, which was the initial bracket buster for me, picking Boise over Memphis. I like I said before, I had picked them because I like their football field, and that's a completely different sport. So that that tells you how much 
I have confidence in this bracket. It's been all right thus far. I've only gotten the Boise State one wrong, but it's about to be a, a number two because I did pick Marquette instead of North Carolina. Yeah, you know, rankings-wise, 8-9 is always one of the tougher matchups to choose because you could really it could really go either way, right? But I'll tell you this. If Georgia State can figure out a way to trim that eight-point gap and maybe even win that game, every bracket in America is busted. All right. <laughs> That'd be great. But I feel like there's going to be at least some Georgia State fans that are going to stay alive that just – that just picked Gonzaga. Well, or picked, obviously, the Panthers. Well, right. They're, they're going to pick their homers, but, you know, the, those same fans probably picked, you know, Marquette, or they picked Iowa instead of Richmond. I was going to or... say, it's it's mainly going to be the Iowa that's really killing people so, right now. So, I don't know. R- regardless, I, I think I think they would still be, they would still be pretty, pretty busted. Remember, phone lines are open if there's no guest on the line. 706-0111. We're going to talk some more March Madness. We're going to get you set up for LSU tomorrow, as well as LSU women on Saturday. You can hear both of those games right here on 103.7 The Game. At 5.30, we're going to sit down with Chris Trahan, or Trahan as they say, in New Orleans to talk about this Deshaun Watson situation, where the Saints could go if they don't land Deshaun Watson. No, a, a multitude of things. And, uh, again, more of your phone calls. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 17, 2019, Northern Ireland's Rory McIlroy wins the biggest check in golf by edging Jim Furyk by one stroke at the PGA Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. McIlroy takes home $2.25 million in prize money. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our awards club, you'll have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes, like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. We want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood, but you can only win that $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Welcome back to Crunch Time with you guys and Mesh right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Taking a look at the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open leaderboard, a guy that we got to interview yesterday at the press conference, Braden Thornberry, making a run. He's a five under through 11, tied for fourth currently. Uh, so could sneak his way into that tie for the lead going into day two. Braden is a guy from the south, grew up in the Memphis area, went to Ole Miss. So, you know, he's kind of used to these Bermuda grass golf courses like La Triomphe. These courses aren't much different than what he he grew up playing on. And uh, we asked him, you know, just how different they are. 
obviously this is what I grew up on essentially like in Mississippi and you know Bermuda grass is dormant in the winter and you know tough lies around the green that's what I'm used to and then you know you go to Panama it's it's baked out Bermuda it's 95 degrees the next week you go to Columbia it's 60 degrees you're at 8,000 feet the ball's going really far so you know in the Bahamas the wind is whipping so it's kind of you get really those four tournaments you get completely different conditions so which is good it kind of tests different parts of your game but you know once you get back in the states and you're, you're playing here and you know Lake Charles Savannah those these next three that it's very much you know normal golf that we're all used to you know playing playing really well is is kind of his forte like I, like he said on these kind of courses here um, with, with the Bermuda grass he just birdied hole 11 on hole 12 and then he hit four birdies on the front nine four five six and eight uh so far a bogeyless round for for thornberry which is uh you know obviously this goes without saying but it's always the goal uh and we got to ask him yesterday where he thought his game was i was having some kind of injury issues with back and neck these those first uh i don't know if it was the the travel i got COVID over new year's and kind of that, that put me back a little bit, and I was kind of having some weird injuries here and there, so I didn't feel great uh, for those first four tournaments, but uh, everything feels good. I've been playing great for the last couple weeks and kind of prepping for this, so everything's good. And so we'll keep an eye on Braden Thornberry. Like I said, five under, tied for fourth currently here at the Chittimacha Louisiana Open at La Triomphe. Another guy that, that we got to speak to at length yesterday is Danny Jones, the executive director of the tournament. He was on RP3 and Company this morning. This is this this year's tournament is going to be the first time in three years that fans have been allowed to come to the tournament. 2020, COVID canceled the tournament like three or four days before the tournament was scheduled to take place. Last year they held the tournament but without fans. So this year has been a whole new environment. You know, having spectators back in the fold. But that could also present some challenges. No, you know, it's, I said a year ago, I would take back and have all the extra work because of the parties or fans and spectators and skyboxes to, to not have to go through a spectatorless year like we did in 2021. But the, probably the biggest challenge this year, and it, it's all internal, whether it's personally or through our office, but it's been three years since we've done some of the stuff we took, you know, that we would do every year. And so to make sure some of the things aren't slipping through the cracks or maybe they do and we, we fix it and make it look like it's organized chaos from the inside, you know, from the outside in. But from the inside out, you know, it's, we're, we're here to put on a good show and, and hopefully be, be a great a, a asset for the community and a place for people to come to, to really relax and enjoy themselves. But George, that's probably been the hardest is you know, okay, we did this in 2019, and a lot's changed in three years, you know, or you have new people in places at the different venues or the different, you know, entities that you have to deal with, and they're not as accustomed to what's been happening, you know, last year or the year before that. It's been three years, so it's been a learning curve for a few people, and uh, and we're just we're continuing to figure it out. And lastly, talking with, with Danny Jones yesterday, you know, being the executive director of an event of this magnitude, there's obviously, you know, expectations that you put not only on yourself, but on your on your staff and, you know, just expectations in general. So he asked Danny what his expectations were for the event. We aren't Phoenix, but I'm expecting a rowdy crowd here around 18 and, and a chance to, to really enjoy 
being out in, in good weather and, and you know we bill ourselves as a family event we want to be a family event if people want to come i want them to call us for tickets and say hey i saw your interview i, I want four tickets because we're we're aware of what's going on the economic challenges of you know that people are facing and it's forty dollars to bring a family of four out here but it, you know that's that can be burdensome right now so we can't say we're, we're for the community not do everything we possibly can so I do want to put that out there if people see this and want to call our office at 5938000. Tell us how many tickets you need. We'll send you some daily passes to come experience it and give us a chance and we think you'll come back for sure. But but a chance for people to just really, you know, I think we, we learned that we took a lot for granted as human beings when, when things happened to us on, on in March of 2020. And, and so I think that's one of the things to put in perspective is, you know, we're very fortunate to have this event. We're very fortunate to have the support and make the difference we do in this community financially for the charities we support. This event, again, you know, been going on for a long time, and it is a part of the PGA Corn Ferry Tour, which in layman's terms is basically the minor leagues for the PGA Tour. The top 25 guys that finish in the, the top 25 standings move on to the full-time PGA Tour this is a good event for Acadiana. It's a great economical opportunity for this area, like like Danny mentioned. But the key to this is going to be getting fans out here. So again, like Danny said, if you guys want tickets to one of the days of this tournament, go ahead and give the office a call. The the number, you know, it it, it leaves me, but I'm sure you could Google it. Call the office. Say how many tickets you need. Danny and his staff are going to hook you up. And come enjoy a great golf event. There's, It's been beautiful weather. It's supposed to be beautiful weather throughout the weekend. And it's, it's just going to be a great time. We're going to go ahead and take a timeout. Next segment, Ken Trahan of Crescent City Sports will join us to talk some Saints. We're going to talk some Deshaun Watson Teron Armstead, possible reunion with Jarvis Landry? I don't know. We'll see. That's crunch time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just wash the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Protect yourself against upsets this March with Parlay Insurance on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, all customers can get up to $25 back each day if your parlay of three legs or more falls just one leg short. For me, I've only gotten one wrong so far, so this would have been perfect for me. But parlays are great because you can turn one small bet into just a big payday. And with cash out, the ball is in your court. So you can close out your bet whenever you would like before the game ends. If you're new to FanDuel, just sign up with promo code KLWB, then you can bet on the bracket all tournament long. That's promo code KLWB on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You must be 21 or older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. If exactly one leg loses, refund is issued as nominal drawable site credit that expires in seven days. The NCAA tournament sports bracket wager required. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call 1-877-770-STOP. 770-STOP if you got a gambling problem. Welcome back to the game. Crunch time with me guys and Mesh. You know, before we move on to this interview, I've got to give a shout out to our morning producer extraordinaire. You know her as Hannah Five Names. She has been named the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters Radio Student Broadcaster of the Year. Congrats to Five Names. She is the third straight Student Broadcaster of the Year award winner from our station. Subtle brag. But Louis Prejean, Troy Brashear Jr., and now Hannah Five Names. We call her Hannah Five Names because her name is literally five names long, and it's just too long to say at one time. So again, congrats, Five Names. We're going to talk some Saints and, more importantly, the Deshaun Watson situation. And joining us to do that from Crescent City Sports is Mr. Ken Trahan. Ken, good afternoon, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine. Busy like everyone, but all is well. Thanks. Yeah, you know, it's it's a busy time for all of us right now. Uh, Twitter feeds and, and, you know, websites constantly refreshing you know, from from your vantage point and and your um, you know your knowledge, what are you hearing on the Deshaun Watson situation? I expect any any time now for something to be stated from his side of things. He's been pondering this since last night. Uh, Gail Benson visited with him personally last night after the Falcons had a home visit, basically in Atlanta, to have him come there as opposed to him going to others or them having to come meet him in Houston. So. Look, I think we'll see something here shortly. I'd be surprised if it's not New Orleans or Atlanta at this point. Cleveland's out and Carolina. I just think if you weigh the situation, you look at the personnel, and you also look at job security. You know, Atlanta, you got a second-year coach. New Orleans, you have a first-year coach. In Carolina, you have a coach that's an endangered species. If he doesn't win this year, he's probably gone. And obviously, the client has to take a serious look at that and also about the surrounding cast, too, and and what comes of that? Michael Thomas shares the same agent as Deshaun Watson. They're friendly. Bradley Roby just re-signed with the Saints. He, of course, played with Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans. There are some connections that bind. And, of course, most notably, the Saints are a winning football team. And that, that certainly has got to be a large part of what Deshaun Watson is looking at right now is what's the best chance for me to win? Look, he got disillusioned in Houston before all the off-the-field problems came to pass, let's not forget he had asked to be traded because he was disillusioned with the way things had gone there with what Houston had done in the front office after being a playoff team twice, trading away Hopkins and basically making some terrible decisions and, and becoming an also-ran and, and basically a non-factor. So he's looking for somewhere where he can win. Obviously, if you look at these three scenarios, if it's the, the teams in the NFC South, New Orleans would certainly be the best option of the three. So, as it stands right now, would you consider that the Saints are still the front runner? Well, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm just speculating. I don't know. I haven't spoken to anyone directly involved with it, but I would imagine, as I said before, based on everything that I've been able to gather, just following everyone and reading everything, and then, of course, just just adding up uh, the, you know, the, the things that seem to make sense, that New Orleans and Atlanta would be the two favorites. So Carolina, obviously, would be close to Clemson. But Atlanta is close to home because he's a Georgia guy. So there are those factors involved in those two scenarios. But, again, New Orleans presents a new situation. 
obviously a tremendous frenzied fan base, and as I mentioned, consistent winning, and probably the piece that puts you over the top. Bottom line was New Orleans was 9-8 and eight last year, starting four different quarterbacks and starting 58 different players more than any other team in the NFL because of all kinds of injury problems and COVID issues. They still had a winning season, and had they been healthy, they certainly would have won at least 10 games or more, and that was with the cast they had last year, which did not include Michael Thomas. So I think if you weigh the situation and you look at the teams and the personnel, you got to think New Orleans has the best shot at winning. So let's say hypothetically Deshaun Watson does go to Atlanta. Obviously, you know, Teron Armstead um, is one of the many guys that is still, you know, his decision hangs on the Deshaun Watson scenario. So if Deshaun Watson ends up going to Atlanta, what do you see happening with guys like Teron Armstead? Well, I think that certainly there's that's part of the consideration is what domino effect is going to take place. Teron Armstead is ranked by most services as the number one free agent period out there right now. And it would seem that he would be priced out of New Orleans, but at the same time, he likes it here. He's very comfortable here. And it's a mutual feeling. And they've cleared some cap space. So there's two ways to look at that. If they get Watson, would it make it more interesting to Armstead? I would think it would. On the other hand, if they don't get Watson, it would mean the Saints had more money to work with and maybe could retain an Armstead and still go back to Jameis Winston, who, by the way, now has interest from the Indianapolis Colts. So as you look at that situation, you, you could see it going either way. But I think it has a domino effect, probably on the positive side, in the sense that it might attract more people here if you get Watson. Uh, that certainly might be applicable to Armstead, but it might be applicable to a couple of wide receivers who are out there right now as well. Jarvis Landry, you know, you could mention Odell Beckham. You could mention a few guys. Maybe it becomes a more attractive scenario if you have what you would perceive to be a top-flight quarterback coming to New Orleans. And make no mistake about it, Deshaun Watson is a top-flight quarterback. I mean, he is he's, he's just a much better option without any debate in my mind than Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's a solid player. You could probably win with him. He showed you a good sample size last year, what it could look like with him. And it was solid. He's 14 touchdowns, three picks, uh, only 59% completions, and that's kind of what you expect from him based on his career numbers. And you were limited in terms of what you did with him, but you saw enough to know that you could win with him. But when you look at just, just study this pretty closely. When you look at the all-time NFL passer rating leaders, this is all-time. Number one right now is Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers is second. And guess who Aaron Rodgers is tied with? Deshaun Watson. Number two in the history of the NFL in career passing ratings. Okay, at 104.5. Tied with Aaron Rodgers. By the way, fourth is Russell Wilson. Fifth is Drew Brees. So that gives you some kind of perspective. And if you're talking about Jameis Winston on the all-time list, then you're, you're going down into the 30s to find him in a tie for 32nd. And, of course, most of the guys that are on that list right now are current players because we all know the passing game has evolved and completion percentage has gone up dramatically over the past several decades. So this is not the absolute measure of greatness, but it certainly is a pretty good indicator. I mean, I guess a good example would be Joe Montana. Tom Brady, in my mind, is the best ever, but Joe Montana, prior to Brady, was the best, and Montana's number 18 on that list. So, again, you have to take the time and place into consideration. But when you do that, when you're talking about the company of Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson, and Breeze 
And by the way, Tom Brady's eighth. Uh, that's a pretty steep company. Yeah, no, no question about it. Passer rating definitely seems to be the the benchmark, or one of the benchmarks, should I say, for quarterback performance. Now, I'm going to throw another hypothetical at you. Can you know say, obviously, say the the Falcons end up getting Deshaun Watson, and say Jameis Winston. You know, you mentioned he has he's drawn interest from the Indianapolis Colts. Say Jameis Winston ends up signing with the Colts. Where do the Saints turn at quarterback, and how does that that opening in the cap, or or that or that that number, the cap number as it stands now, how does that affect their decision? Well, it puts you in two different ballparks. Uh, number one, Matt Ryan might be available, right? Number two, the NFL draft takes place in late April, so there's still those options. And you can rest assured that they've already explored all their options to know because you've got to have a game plan, and you've got to have uh, number one, number two, and number three. It's like three doors, right? You know, you prefer the first door. That's where you want to go. If you don't go there, you have to have a backup plan. And then you have to have a backup plan to a backup plan, because if you don't, you're going to be left high and dry. So I feel certain that they have that. And if they get uh, neither of the two, then door number three probably turns in the direction I just mentioned. Uh, I know it's almost blasphemous to mention Matt Ryan's name in connection with the Saints, but you certainly would have to consider that, considering the Falcons would have Watson. And then, of course, beyond that, the NFL draft. You really like a guy well enough to make that pick, number 18. Is there is there a guy in the NFL draft class right now that if the Saints have to go that route that you like for their offense? Well, I mean, you know, they got the 18th pick overall if they don't make any kind of deal. And when you look at the draft boards, Willis might be the only guy that ranks close to that high, if that high, but my experience has been that when the NFL draft takes place in the first round, once a quarterback comes off the board, then there's a run on those things. So it wouldn't shock me if you ended up with two or three that get picked in the first round. Chatting with Ken Trahan of Crescent City Sports. <clears throat> Ken, I've got, I've got one more question for you. Yeah. And – it's it's kind of a wide scope question, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the Saints are, are waiting on the Deshaun Watson move, the Saint, and then multiple dominoes can can fall with that. What's what's the game plan? So again, another hypothetical: Deshaun Watson signs. You know, you get Teron Armstead. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson's probably gonna be suspended, yeah, for you know six games, maybe longer. Who's, who, do you, who do you go to a quarterback? Well, again, I think you've got options there, too. Ian Book's already on the roster, obviously. They, they didn't see enough of him to make a determination, although I think they like him enough. But I also think Trevor Simeon's an option, too. He's still out there, and he's a guy that fit very well. And to me, would be a very good backup for any NFL team. He proved that he could step in and play competent football. And he stepped in twice when quarterbacks got hurt in one games last year. They didn't win when he started. But that wasn't all his fault. They just didn't have the wide receivers to be able to do any damage. So I think there's that, too. And Simeon would probably accept that opportunity if it presented to him. So I feel like they feel that they have some options in that regard also. And, again, it gets back to having a game plan, having a second choice, having a third choice, and understanding where you're at. And any good organization is going to have that. But make no mistake about it, they're all in on Watson. 
Yeah, no, no question about it. And according to Aaron Wilson, he just he just mentioned on WWL that there's no rush for Watson, and he's going to take mm-hmm. his time on this. Um, yeah. So I mean, the, this Deshaun Watson situation could go well into the weekend. No, I mean it's a situation where it's a domino effect, and you're holding teams up, and there's obviously that concern. And at some point, you wonder if some people are going to look to move on. And then with the Saints. Uh, Indianapolis is serious with Jameis Winston, and if that's your clear second option and a guy you feel like you can play with and win with, you want to get a decision as quickly as possible, too. So it's a delicate situation. But what's really interesting here is that Watson holds all the cards. He has the no-trade clause in his contract. He can pick and choose, and that the terms are dictated. Teams can make their respective offers, and then, of course, the Texans will have to make a decision there, too, but ultimately it's Watson's choice. So, again, uh, if you – you hold up the process long enough, you, you may end up not only putting the teams that are courting you in a, in a bad situation, but at some point you might get somebody to move on from you because they have to they have to make a decision that's not going to damage the organization on a long-term basis. And, of course, some people feel like whoever gets them will be damaging their organization because you're going to give up so much capital from a football perspective and then the off-the-field perspective, too, where some people are not going to be happy with bringing in a guy that, has had all these accusations against him, but make no mistake about it, uh, he's not criminally charged. Uh, the civil cases will take place, and people are going to maintain their opinions regardless, positive or negative. So there's going to be that, too. But the, the last thing I'll say about that is if you bring a guy in and he has great success, uh, whatever the criticisms were, at least most of them will go away. Yeah, that, and that that's kind of the way that I feel, and also proven talent, in my opinion, is, is better than draft capital. Uh, Ken Trahan of Crescent City Sports has been our guest. Ken, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, tell tell our listeners where they can find your work. Yeah, CrescentCitySports.com every day, 24-7. Uh, not just myself, but a, but a host of really good contributors that you can check out on a daily basis, of course. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Facebook at Ken Trahan. Absolutely. Ken, appreciate you taking the time. Uh, try, try to get some sleep over the next couple of days and we'll talk to you down the line. Trying hard, just trying to heal up and a little bit under the weather, but getting better every day here. But I appreciate the time, guys. There he goes, Ken Trahan of Crescent City Sports. We'll take our final timeout here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. We come back, we'll give you the final results of our poll question, and we'll thank some more sponsors here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Today is the day you join the Game Clubhouse Rewards Club. Not only is it free to join, but you will get the chance to enter to win some tremendous prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse or a $25 gift certificate from Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou. But you can only win that $100.50 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse or the $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen by joining the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. So sign up today. Welcome back one last time on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on The Game. Final results of the poll question. Are you wearing green this St. Patrick's Day? It was a tie. 40% said yes, 40% said no, and the other 20% said who cares. Again, I'm with the people that said who cares. 
Uh, quick update on the NCAA tournament. Georgia State was not able to pull off the 16-1 upset. They fell to Gonzaga 93-72. North Carolina beating Marquette by 30, 95-63. Baylor, Memphis, Tennessee, and Richmond Michigan and Providence as well, victorious today. Some big games tonight, Indiana-St. Mary's, Creighton-San Diego State, Arkansas-Vermont, San Francisco and Murray State. Uh, those, are, those are the games to look out for tonight in night one. Before we leave the show today, I do want to take one last opportunity to thank our sponsors, Tibbs Trailers. If you're thinking trailers, think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed, flatbeds, or hydraulic trailers. And you won't find a better selection of trailers than Tibbs Trailers. And Tibbs Trailers is located between Scott and Dusan. Rope, soap, and dope. Acadiana's workplace authority for over 20 years. They will offer supplies for all your industrial safety and janitorial needs. Online at ropesopendope.com, or you can visit their showroom on Highway 90 here in Broussard to find out how they can help your business. Also, thanks to the Cigar Merchant. You're always welcome to light up at the Cigar Merchant. They are Acadiana's premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop located in the oil center on Coolidge. And Golf Connection USA, golfconnectionlouisiana.com. The tailor-made stealth driver is in. I got to take a look at that thing yesterday on the golf course, and it is beautiful. A large variety of golf bags and shoes as well. 2009 West Pinhook Road in Lafayette. Again, broadcasting live at the Chittimacha Louisiana Open presented by Mistros. We will come back tomorrow one last time for the week. Again, live tomorrow as well, 4-6. to six. We'll talk some more Saints, hopefully give you an update on Deshaun Watson. We'll preview LSU basketball some more. Preview LSU women's basketball as well and get you set up for baseball and softball this weekend. For the producer extraordinaire and the co-host with the most, James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez reminding all of you to be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great night.